You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Let me tell you something. I went on a fast, not even to be the number one grandbaby of the spiritual universe, although I am, that's between me and the Lord, but more so because I just was not feeling myself. I was feeling empty. I could literally sense and feel that I was running on fumes. I wasn't feeling encouraged. I wasn't everything that Galatians 5, through 23 says about the fruit of the spirit. I felt barren and I knew that I was getting to a dangerous low because my thought processes wasn't what it was supposed to be. Bible says you cast down things and you fix your thoughts on certain things and it's all positivity and of God. And it was just getting to a point that I was starting to feel a little bit tormented. Like, wait a minute, why do these reoccurring thoughts keep rising up? Why do these reoccurring feelings keep triggering me? What is going on? And so I felt my soul screaming out, I need a timeout. And so I did exactly that. I went on a week-long fast. I just was intentional about seeking God's face and certain things that were triggering me of uprooting seeds that I may have known or not been aware of in my soul. I wanted it to be uprooted and I wanted to be filled with whatever God's manufactured default was for me in that area. I wanted to have a overwhelming sense of peace. I wanted to have an unshakable and unsinkable peace. I wanted to have a faith that surpassed anything that was beyond my experience or beyond my knowledge of life or the Bible or whatever. I just wanted a intimate relationship with God that literally looked like he was my Abba father, where I literally felt like every and anything is working for me. It's not happening to me. I am walking with him. And so if I don't know why I'm going cool, but I'm walking with the one who does, I wanted to reclaim his space in my life where he wasn't just someone that I tagged in when I felt like I couldn't complete a mission, that it was more so of he is in the driver's seat and I'm relaxing in a posture as a passenger because I trust him. I realized that I gave him savior, but I didn't give him Lord God. And Lord God says, I give you the authority because you created me in the first place to do as you will with this life, to do as you will with the path that you decide to take me on. And I have to tell you, the Bible is correct. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Because let me tell you what, I got way more than what I thought. You know how you go to a good, good grandmother's house and you just think you visit and you come back with two comforter sets, uh, some meals, a pot, a kitchen set. You like, oh, okay, um, definitely. Then th- And then grab this too. And then take a couple of Tupperware and blah, blah, blah. Because that's the hot kind of grandmother that I had. And I literally feel like God was just like, pop the trunk. I'm going to need you to be, you thought you was coming here just for a gas refill, ma'am. I'm about to give you a tune up. I'm changing these tires out. I'm going to go ahead and give you this oil change real quick. And as a matter of fact, your wiper fluid is low. Let me go ahead and see about your carbon. Mm, I'm going to change this too because your AC ain't doing what it needs to be doing. And he has transformed the vehicle of my soul to the point that I'm like, because <laughs> when I drive in these streets, I'm driving different. You understand? It's going to look completely different. And I am so ecstatic that he didn't allow me to continue to live a peaceless life. I literally 
was living outside of the space and the state that God said, I need you to be in this space at all times. I literally, Jesus literally said, listen, peace I give to you, not peace that the world gives, but peace I leave to you and peace of your heart and your mind. And so why those two things? Because those are the two things that you are critical to a successful and a satisfying life. Your mind because of your thought processes and your heart because of the decisions that you make from it. That's why it says guard your heart because from it comes the course of life. I don't know. My heart just told me. Oh, my heart's not in it. Yeah, that's why he was like, well, let me go ahead and make sure that the place that you're making life decisions from is coming from a pace of, of peace and wholeness. People picking marriages from a broken heart. You picking jobs from a, a lack of peace and, and a scarcity mindset. Oh, no. You will find that God is going to go ahead and take you on the course to be whole. And when you come out of uh, that uh, slumber, of stagnation, brokenness, and a lack of peace, you'll start to look at the things around you like, uh, why are we here? Why are we working here? Why are we in that relationship? Why do we still talk to such and such? Why are we still friends? Why are we, <laughs> what do we, I don't want to go to the family reunion. There's too much drama. I, I'm sensitive to drama now. Who knows? Like, you know, whatever. Just, I just have to be, I have to walk differently. And you, when you walk out of your slumber, oh, just know life about to look real different. Okay. And the one thing that he showed me about me is I, as I said in the last conversation, had an issue with control. And of course, I was able to identify it was the trauma response in childhood and all that other stuff. And I got it. But literally, he showed me another facet of it. Because when you think about control, you think of it like, oh, okay, you're trying to make things happen, right? You're trying to force open doors that you just trying to, uh, a little bit more elbow grease. And if I just keep calling and if I do this in my resume, listen, whether you had somebody go ahead and update your to, to your resume to $250 worth of work, or rather you just went ahead and Microsoft with your pink pointers and typed up whatever you could in a bulletproof, not really aesthetically pleasing format. If the job is for you, baby, it's for you. <laughs> God is not like, Oh no. Cause you didn't get your, you didn't put your picture on your resume. You didn't get it in the format and in the font. And no, because that size font is too small. God is, I'm sorry. Can I give a spoiler alert? There's nothing that you do or don't do outside of being obedient to God that will have you miss what God intended for you to have in the first place. Trust that. Okay. Because at what point? And so that's how we kind of look at control just in, you know, just on an onset of it. It's oh, okay. You're trying to make things happen, but then God hit me with a double whammy today. He was like, Oh, also the other side of your control is you try to prevent things from happening. Both were peace dealers. He said, yeah, you trying to force thing ha things happening makes you put more effort in, makes you work more, makes you more tenacious, makes you more driven, makes you more worried. And then when you try to prevent things from happening, you're scared because what happens if, and you're trying to hold things back. And it's like, listen, sometimes there is a... A deficit and a downside to trying to block something because if not for the storm, Peter, would you ever have walked on water? 
If not for the trouble of having children in the first place, Hannah, would you have prayed the way that you did in order for you to get Samuel? If not for the terrible, terrible conditions of Egypt, would that not have sent out a cry to God that he's like, ooh, tell the people I heard them. <laughs> and just because I heard that collectively, I'm going to go ahead and not only have all of Egypt cry out collectively once you're getting your freedom and your exodus, but I'm about to make y'all automatic real estate, like homeowners. Like y'all about to get some property. Like I, you're not going to cry like that just in vain. I can't let you. And so God was telling me, when he was telling me to release control, it was both sides of it. Release the part that makes you want to put more effort in and go ahead and uh, in the name of Jesus. Like, okay, ma'am, whether you in the named or not, <laughs> if that was not a part of God's perfect will, it's not happening, okay? And if it was a part of his will, then guess what? It, it it was going to happen. It wasn't your special in the name, you know, just like what it is. And then the other side of that wasn't stop trying to prevent things from happening because it's in the wilderness where I prepare you. It's in the storms that I get you to elevate and go to new heights and new places. It's in the parts that you would not have necessarily chosen, but trust that if I allowed it, that there's something that's going to be birthed out of you from it. And I said, you know what, God? I would like to declare, because I'm that kind of grandbaby, I am going on this mission to become more effortless. And immediately, I could kind of feel myself like, so what that mean? Because I'm very practical, right? So I was like, well, first, before I start going out here and using these people's English words, I want to be able to define and make sure I'm using these words correctly. Because let me tell you something about the English language. Okay, it is capital G for the ghetto. Okay, and that's just all I have to say about that. But I wanted to look up the word effortless. And according to the Oxford American Dictionary and the bishops thereof, uh, effortless is described as requiring no physical or mental exertion. Achieved with admirable ease. And I said, you know what? I think I got it. <laughs> I'm going to read that one more again. Requiring no physical or mental exertion. Achieved with admirable ease. And I said, God, I get it. Because when Mary and Martha was having their little sisterly, you know, argument in front of you low key, but it was just Martha arguing by herself. I went back and I revisited that in Luke 10. And in Luke 10, it says, and I want to start from 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 39. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he had taught. 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 42. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, 
and it will not be taken away from her. I wanted to double back on Martha because I believe that this is the world's view of how you get your accolades and your accomplishments and your satisfaction and your contentment and e all the above. I believe the world looks at the Marys of life that decides, I just want to sit at Jesus's feet. I just want to take a break. I know that we we can cook all day long, but I don't want to do that right now. Right now I'm sensing that I need to refill spiritually and I probably need a break physically. And so what I would like to do is just sit at the savior because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And what I would like to do is not waste it doing what I do daily. I, I decided that in this moment, I'm going to do something different. And the world looks at that kind of posture very much the same way that Martha looked at it. She literally said, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Doesn't it seem unfair that these people are getting accomplishments in the way that doesn't look strenuous. Doesn't it seem unfair that somebody else didn't have to wait as long for their husband or their wife, and it's just like it kind of just came easy to them? No, it seems like the Martha of the world, and there's way more Marthas than there are Marys, okay, in the spirit, and that they feel like, yo, it's unfair if you are not as exhausted as me. It is unfair if you are not working as hard as me. It is unfair if you are not literally bypassing the fact that Martha, yeah, she's sitting there, but you forgot to add the part of, no, she's sitting by Jesus's feet. Instead, what you did is you swapped it from Jesus's feet, her sitting at Jesus's feet to my sister just sits here. You overrode the fact that she's getting filled. You overrode the fact that everything that you currently feel, she doesn't feel that. And when someone is experiencing something that you're not, but it looks admirable, but you kind of are not receiving it, you kind of get a little jerky reaction to it because that's not in the way that you would get it. Like, no, I couldn't dare rest right now. Jesus is here. I want to impress him. Maybe if that was your heart, then you can go ahead and continue. But Jesus saw right through that. Literally 41, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these things. It's like, oh. But Jesus, all Martha said to you was like, she's having a problem with her sister sitting right there. Won't you come tell her to help? He was like, no, because Martha is literally a worry ward. And she gets upset over all these things. I said, um, sir. <laughs> so there was more to it than it's just being like, yo, she's she's not helping me cook. He was like, absolutely. Because if she was helping her cook, then it would have been like, you not cooking fast enough. If you was cooking fast enough, you not cooking as many dishes as I would like to. If it was that, then it was, well, you not cooking it the way it would have been. It would have constantly been something because that's how the mind of a Martha works. And if we get into this cycle of trying to appease and appeal Martha's, we will be exerted and exhausted beyond repair. And so the Holy Spirit took me that way because he was like, that's the world. 
That's the way that the world operates. That's the way that the people in the world operates. You can tell a tree by its fruit. You can tell a person by how much they continue to say, you know, she's such a hard worker. You know, I work so hard. When you hear people continuously wear that badge of honor, just know that they stole the glory from God, giving it to them in a sense, in a path of ease. And they took the glory because they wanted it to be acknowledged and summed up that it was from their hard work work that they were able to get whatever it is fill in the blank and Holy Spirit has been really telling me I want you to pay attention again to Romans 12 do not conform to the behaviors and the customs of this world do not conform do not do that because working hard and toiling was a curse remember when I was discussing Noah And when he was born, his father was like, and please let this be the grandbaby that frees us from this hard work. Yeah, when Adam was cursed, yeah, now you have to toil and work hard from the ground you came from. Yet people wear that and live under that curse with their badges of honor. And it's like, okay, if that's how you want to live the world and and work out, you know, your path of life in a Martha state, I choose Mary. So I had to ask God, show me where someone was in a state or show me an example of Mary like living. And he said, I want you to go to John 21 and I want you to read about the situation that I had going on with Peter. I was like, got you, heard you. I know exactly where you're getting ready to go. So John 21, I actually want to start from verse three. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too." they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. For at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. Five, he called out, fellows. Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Six. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Seven. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. Pause. This is Mary like living with a little sprinkle of you were trying to do it like Martha, but you don't realize that you receive in a state of Mary. So here you have Peter saying, I'm going to go fishing. Everybody's like, cool. I don't have nothing to do either. The clubs are closed. So we're going to go ahead and go with you, sir. He said, okay. So they went out in the boat and they caught nothing all night. At dawn, hold on, pause. How long were y'all out there? Late. Okay, but so wait a minute. Uh, well, maybe Peter was asleep. Mm, couldn't have been because uh, when they finally identified, oh, it's the Lord, he had to put back on his clothing. So Peter was ready. He had the boat. He had the net. He had the coordinates. He said, you know what? Maybe just another hour. Maybe just another month hour. Maybe just two, three more hours. 
dang, this is usually why I get fish. Well, let me just put in more effort. Let me just stay a little bit longer. Let me just go ahead and stay without my clothing. I'm, I'm probably getting cold at this point, but let me go ahead. And you, uh, you know what? People usually go home at this point, but I'm going to work harder and I'm going to stay. And at some point Jesus had to say, bro, if I don't step on the scene, buddy is going to just be here. He's going to be under the impression that his effort got him here. So let me go ahead and get on the scene. And in verse four, it says at dawn, Jesus was standing standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out fellows. Have you caught any fish? Now, Jesus paused. Why that question? Because in order for you to receive something differently, you need to have acknowledged that what you were doing does not work, did not work. And it won't ever work. Did you get that promotion with the, uh, networking that you got is what Jesus is saying from the other side of the shore. Hey, did you get that husband that you were looking for and really working hard to get? Because you just thought if I buy this dress indefinitely at this point. Oh, okay. Hey, sir, did you go ahead and feel better once you went ahead and got that particular tangible item, car, whatever, and you thought for sure it was going to make you feel better about how hard you work, but it actually did not? Okay. Hey, did you catch anything with your particular efforts being exhausted to the point of you're the first one there at the job, you're the last one to leave, and you just thought for sure they were going to promote you and value you and do more things? Hey, did it work? And what does Peter and them say? No. <laughs> they ain't even give no explanation. It wasn't like, no, you know what? It's because... I only been at the business for this many years. No, it's because I went to that part of town and they really don't have that many men there anyway. No, no, no. It's because like they didn't even make no excuses because they didn't have the, the strength to make an excuse. They just replied. No, <laughs> all I have enough strength to give you, sir, is the truth. So you asked me if I caught anything with my effort. The answer is no. And then look how life turns around once they're truthful. Sixth, then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish. Pause. How easy was that? Wait a minute. So, Peter, let, let, me, let me squint. What did you do? It ain't no sun. I just want to squint. What did you do, sir? Oh, I know. He, um, they, they went ahead and put some like, um, f fish kind of attracting kind of juices in. Oh, they didn't do anything extra. Well, certainly it wasn't just like just listening to instruction from God and then doing what he said. Like, but what would it Peter do? He was obedient. Okay. Time out. <laughs> because what? So what did Peter do? Peter was at the right place. He was, you want fish? You go where there's fish. You want a job? You apply. You want a tangible item? See how much it is? You start going to God, you make a plan. And so Peter was positioned. He wanted fish. He set out to say, I'm going fishing. <laughs> uh, and so he went where people go when they want to go fishing. Peter was prepared. How do I know? Because the Bible says that he had to put his tunic back on because it says literally, for he had stripped for work. So he was prepared. 
cool, positioned, prepared. What else? And he was aware enough to be able to hear God's instruction. And the last part, when you put all those together, what do you get? Uh, when you actually are obedient, what do you get? You receive. Yo, is it that easy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you sit at the feet of Jesus, you're able to hear instructions that Martha can't hear when she's in the kitchen. When you sit with Jesus, you're able to get a level of clarity that most can't get with their particular vice. When you sit with Jesus, he will get you things in an instant, what took you all night to try to go ahead and accumulate by yourself. When you hear instruction and then you adhere to it, there's no room for your effort in the beginning. You need your effort just to strive in obedience. I said, God, he said, ma'am, I said, um, I want to be more like Mary, but more so I'm going to really activate the art of becoming effortless because I have tried to make the business work by myself. I have tried to make the children do whatever. I have tried to make outcomes happen. I have tried to go ahead and iron out certain issues. I have tried to not think about whatever the case may be. I have tried to heal myself from childhood trauma. I have tried to go ahead and choose the right friends. I have tried, and I realized that my efforts have afforded me nothing but worrying about all these things. All these things, the Bible says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yes, Lord, here we go. So what am I doing? And what is actually your challenge? Yo, all that effort, E for effort, <laughs> all the things that makes people look good because the world says that if you not booked and busy, then are you really successful anyway? Like if you're not with the latest and the greatest and accumulating the whatever's and at the hottest vacations and this, that, and the third, like the world questions you, but listen, let the world be Martha. I'm trying to be merry with it. And more than that, I'm realizing that I don't really want to be out here with no clothes on um, somewhere where it could be a little bit cold, trying to prepare myself to get something that I can just get with ease. If I just hearken myself to listen to the instruction of my God, to be Holy Spirit led enough to, for him to, all I need to do is just be clear to hear instruction. That's why people operate in effort because they just doing a little bit of everything and trying to maximize on what worked last time. And they trying to come up with strategies and oh, okay, well this business person said that. And then my coach said this, so I'm going to go ahead and execute. And, but, and it's like, whew. Come to me, all who are wearied and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I don't want to be on this boat any longer than what I have to. I don't want to be on this boat any longer than what I need to. I literally want it to just be as simple as, did you catch anything doing it your way? No, sir. Now put the, right, the net to the right-hand side. Oh, and here they all come. <laughs> You know why? Because abundance is attracted to obedience. Hmm? Yeah, there's nothing about effort 
that has ever been a miracle. Well, what did you do to get that healing from that uh, from that particular medical ailment? It wasn't me. Yeah, if you really dissect somebody's true blessing, someone's true anointing, someone's true miracle, it never is, oh, I, you know what? And for some reason, I just thought, let me drink two more sips of orange juice and behold, that particular ailment was gone. It has nothing to do with you. So all your effort, shall I say, is going in vain? Why all this fish? Just because he put it to the right-hand side. Because God is not obligated to bless your effort. He is more interested in anointing your obedience. Hmm? It really is that simple. Did you catch anything doing it your way? No? Okay. Um, keep your ear out for Jesus because he's going to tell you what to do. And when you do it, please, please, please do not revert back to doing it your old-fashioned way. Please don't go back to being Martha. I don't want us to be worried about all these things. It's too many things to be worried about. I want us to sit in a posture of becoming effortless so that we can receive abundance and have the world looking at you like, what? You don't get up 3 o'clock in the morning? You don't work yourself to the bone? You don't? Mm. So what's your business strategy? What's your, like, like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm listening to instruction, and I'm making sure I'm clear enough and I'm coherent enough to be obedient immediately. Because it's not like he said, yo, put your net to the right-hand side. And Peter was like, I'll keep that in mind when I come back next time. Oop. No, the instruction has a time frame on it. <laughs> the instruction has an anointing on it. And if you're not the one to carry it out, then you're not the one to receive it. Hmm? Very simple. We convolute and corrode and cloud a lot of things, but God is a God of, of clarity, of divine order. There's no chaos where he's at. It's very simple. And it's as simple as if he said to build an ark with gopher wood or cypress wood, whatever translation you read from, then there should be no reason why you're building with oak. If he said, put your net to the right-hand side, should be no reason why you're in the south. <laughs> why, why, did you, why did you put it diagonally over there? What are you, what, what are you doing? It's very simple. If you want what God has put in your heart and and what you set out to get, then you'll do it the way that God is telling you to do it. It couldn't be simpler. Okay. But listen, I feel like you got what you needed. I'm not going to keep pushing you because I see the way you're looking at me. Like, why are you talking to me like that? Because we need, I'm just trying to make sure that it's this thing on. Okay. You know, what these conversations are though, right? Yeah, you do. Life provoking conversations. Conversations are not the average girl's going to have with you, but who your favorite home girl. Created the number two. You should be saying it with me at this point. Created the number two multiply. Oh, okay. You know, that's the YouTube channels. <laughs> and then created the number two multiply.com for all the things that are all the things the texting and the blogging community under strive the letter n as an nc inspire we out here 
God's going to tell me what to do, and I'm going to do it. If he, and even if it don't make no sense to me, if he say cast it over there, I'm going to cast it over there. If he say hold it a little five more minutes, I'm going to hold the five more minutes. Because why? Nothing is birthed through my effort. It's birthed through my obedience. And that's on periodic table, magnesium, okay? But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We talk later, okay? All right, later. <laughs>